A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Catch Up with Louise Makshari. This is the podcast where we try and catch you up on the week. If you haven't been paying attention, don't worry about it. We've all got a lot going on and it's okay not to be up with the news or what's going on in the world of entertainment or indeed any other area of your life, if that's just where things are at the moment. Um, I hope you're feeling good. I hope you had a, a nice Christmas and that you're feeling good moving into 2023. I have to say the vibe I'm picking up is kind of a bit heavy. I feel like a lot of people found Christmas a bit weird this year. Um, so I hope that wasn't the case for you, but if it was, let's just, you know, move onwards, move upwards and, um, and just keep ourselves going, you know, um, I would like to ask you a little request. Um, if you could take the time, if you enjoy the podcast to rate, review, subscribe, all that kind of crack, that would be amazing. And don't forget that there is a special phone number for us now. So if you want to send a voice note, you can send it to 89 209 that's 089-209-6423. Uh, you can send a WhatsApp voice note or a regular voice note. Um, and I have a special kind of project coming up with them. So feedback, things that you've enjoyed, things you haven't enjoyed. Um, if you disagree with us on something that we've said, all of those contributions are very, very welcome. Um, suggestions, you know, all that kind of crack. Um, just, you know, don't be abusive. <laughs> That hasn't happened yet, but every time I open it, I'm like, oh God, is this going to be the one? Anyway, let's get going. And we'll start as we always do with a catch up on the news. Well, Aoife Moore, a political correspondent from the Sunday Times Ireland, we are back once again, back for another year. 2023. Let's go. It's going to be my year. Is it? Well, that's true. You have not at all been my year. So Actually, I decided 2023 is going to be my year. I think it is going to be your year. Me too. A lot, a lot of stuff. You've got a book coming out. I do. You're, you're primed and in the best I'm mental the state I've seen you in. <laughs> for a long time <laughs> thanks very much <laughs> that's a compliment it is yeah um i think it could be your year i'm happy yeah. for you maybe the podcast will get a bit less unhinged now i'm in a better mental state oh i hope not <laughs> I def- no we don't want that no one wants that no we love you just the way you are <laughs> okay uh let's talk about the news a and e it's, I feel like every headline I see is about what's going on in accident and emergency departments across the country. I cannot underline how this is the worst health crisis that we have ever had. Really? Yes. Stephen Donnelly, uh, the Minister for Health, had a press conference the other night at half eight. Okay. At night, outside in A&E. That's how bad it is. Okay. 
it is because, as we know, RSV, a lot of respiratory issues um, people are having. It's a hangover from COVID-19. So the chief medical officer has said this week she has urged all parents to keep children with flu-like symptoms home from school if possible. Your kid might be fine. It might just be snuffles. It might just be a cough. That doesn't mean it's going to be... Mm. That's the issue. So the uh, CMO, Breedsmuff, said that please be mindful of others. This is for parents. Mm. And just keep them home. With the reopening of schools and childcare facilities, obviously after Christmas... It's going to be a free-for-all when it comes to these sort of viruses. I hope um, employers also read these announcements mm-hmm. and are sympathetic to parents who might need to stay home as a result of that. I just anecdotally, I have noticed people, even like someone I worked with recently had a chest infection and he had to come on so he was wearing a mask, mm. which I was like, oh, we have learned some things, you know, yeah, from COVID. Yeah. And you hear people saying, oh, I'm, I'm not well, I'm just going to work from home, which yeah. I don't think we would have done as often Pre-COVID, before pandemic. Yeah. yeah. No. So... Um, yeah, so obviously that's to do with kids, but we had a briefing this week and the government said flu cases are way, way higher um, than we had previously had. And the number of people with COVID-19 who are being hospitalized, um, or the number of people who are being hospitalized is doubling compared to what we were doing pre-COVID. And that's just with flu. We know this is a lot to do with social distancing, masks. We've built up, you know, our immunity is not the same as it was. And that's why people are getting sicker with flu i wonder should they have maybe gone a bit harder with the old flu flu vaccine this year yeah and because like i get the flu vaccine every year because i had pneumonia before but when i lived in um australia and my friends who live in canada said that it's very common that everyone gets the flu vaccine whereas here it's like you know people with respiratory illnesses like older people pregnant women and you pay for it and it's not pushed to the general public no but we should really be doing that if like we know that our health system has been in crisis for decades so there just doesn't seem to be any joined up thinking in terms of like like, surely it would make financial sense like let's just give it to everyone let's go on the offense you know let's do the flu jab for everyone if it's going to keep people out of hospitals so we're at the stage now i was reading stories today in the media about you know nurses in tears um in hospitals because they're so overworked on our staff because you need to remember too a lot of nurses are out with covid19 doctors Mm -hmm. are out with covid19 um, because it hasn't gone away, mm. uh, you know, record trolley numbers and over 900 people on a trolley. Mm. Um, we saw a couple of weeks ago, you know, that 16 year old girl who was on a trolley and then later died. No, I'm not saying the two things are connected, but it just kind of showcases how bad things are being. And this is, you know, and then you look to the Minister for Health who said on Tuesday, yeah, things are going to get worse before they get better. Mm. Not exactly selling me full of confidence. I saw he's also really pissed off consultants and senior medical staff by saying that, you know, maybe they'd need to come in at the weekend for the next few weeks to alleviate the situation. And the consultants online are like, babe, we're coming in at the weekend already. Yeah. Do you think these people are not coming in at the weekend? Like, what are you thinking? Um, maybe you just be a bit more clued in. Like, I think maybe, you know, people say things on their stress. He might have been an offhand comment or whatever, because mm. they are, they seem to be scrambling but the point was very much made that they should have seen this coming it just seems like there's a lack of planning yeah okay um well let's move on to another cheerful story and uh, a pope died yeah um we can so, do this quickly like do you i do i don't know i just it's a big event so, yeah so the pope died he was buried today uh thursday um so pope benedict the 16th 
he, Paul Ratzinger, who my mom met, actually. Did she? Yes. Oh, fair play, um, Yeah, so he made history as he was the first pope to resign yeah. rather than die in office in like hundreds of years. Yeah. He resigned in 2013. He was the first um, to resign in six centuries. So it was called, you know, the two men in white living in the Vatican. Very rare, obviously, because Pope Francis is there now. Pope Francis um, held the funeral mass. There was a woman from Donegal, actually, who did a reading at the the funeral. Um, Let's be clear, Ratzinger has been labelled as one of the most ineffective popes when it came to dealing with sexual abuse allegations in the Catholic Church. Mm. Um, Some people just say he was probably someone who facilitated the cover-up of sexual mm. abuse in the church. Um, he was a hard-lying conservative. The, uh, he was a theologian, mm. so really, really intelligent, massive in the history of you know religion or whatever, but really, really conservative, anti-choice. He made very con- like very questionable comments about LGBTQ people. Um, and for most people, I, and like when he resigned, he said he didn't have the strength of mind and body. But I think it was more to do with the fact that he had become so embroiled in a number of scandals, which included the Vatican Papers, which showed that there had been a systemic cover up of child sexual abuse mm. all over the world, including Ireland. Mm. One thing I will say is that there are a few things camper than anything that happens in the Vatican. Um, and they really know how to do pomp and ceremony oh my God, at a large love, scale. Love gold, love tassels. It's wild. You it want to really see is. you want to see wealth? Go to the Vatican. Yeah. You will see a lot of money. Okay. Um now <laughs> Don't I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's not funny. I just can't believe I'm about to I know, say yeah, these I know. words. Yeah. So some TDs had a bag of human excrement well we don't know excrement excrement of some kind thrown at them yeah someone so Anne Rabbit uh, a Galway TD she's also a junior minister and the minister for health um Anne Rabbit is responsible for disabilities she and her and Fine Gael also Galway TD Kieran Cannon were attending a local meet, uh, meeting sorry attended a local meeting in Gort in County Galway and as they were walking in um, someone threw two bags of shit one at her and one at him um, sh- there was like a the public meeting wasn't anything to do with he- he- uh, health I think it was something to do with like a gas facility or something in the local area a very localised issue or whatever mm. but yeah like Anne Rabbit has had absolute dogs abuse for years and like I have to say as someone who works in Leinster House and like I'm not even gonna get into the personal like she likes personal that because people don't know that. But also like it's not to say she's a high high profile politician. Mm. Like she's a really good local TD. Um, very public. Like her husband died and she decided life's too short and that's why she decided to go into politics. Wow. Um. Yeah, he died quite suddenly and. Yeah, she's a junior minister. We responsible for disabilities. This is not you know I'm not saying that if she was more high profile it would be. No, but it just seems like a strange person to target. For the amount of abuse that she personally gets, it's outsized for the influence that she has in government. Yeah. Um, Let's call a spade a spade. It's because she's a woman. Um, Mm. So, yeah, someone threw a bag of shit at them. Um, She said, you know, whatever way you look at it, a person at a meeting yesterday assaulted two public government representatives representing their constituency who were there in good faith. Um, She said the person who threw it was not removed from the meeting and continued to remain at the venue for the rest of the evening. That to me is the wildest factor. Like, come on, guys. Like, we've had this conversation before. I think we had it actually in one of the first episodes um, about the fact that no matter what your political beliefs, you don't get to throw shit at politicians. Like, Like, you don't get to harass them and make them afraid 
you know, to be in public. Like, like that's not okay. Says, like, it's so, like, I can't imagine what that was like. She said that for the rest of the meeting, she said there, she felt like the legs had been taken from underneath her. She wasn't able to put words together um, to make a point. She said she spoke to the organizers of the meeting and then she went to the Gardaí, um you know, she said, we've had a new low. Um, no one, no matter who they are, do not deserve this. Um, no. She couldn't condone the behaviour, um, particularly at a time when we need more civilised debate and encourage more women in politics. And this is the thing that I have real issues with. is like, we complain constantly. There's not enough women in politics. There's not enough people of colour in politics. There's not enough LGBTQ people in politics. There's not enough working class people in politics. There's not enough northerners down here. Mm. Like in politics and this is the thing i remember when there was a video of leo Varadkar on the key and someone shouted like really awful abuse out a window at him and videoed it and i had tweeted being like this is absolutely shite and if we want more people to go into politics this is not the way to go about it and loads of people were replying to me being like well he ruins people's lives so he deserves it if you feel that way about Leo Varadkar, what is then stopping someone who say like in the far right, mm. then deciding, well, I don't know, Roderick O'Gorman, we saw what happened to him, but he ruins people's lives. So that's all right to do. Anyone could say that of any belief system could say that, that you are therefore justified in your actions because you believe that this person ruins someone's life. It's just total bullshit. Mm. It's this notion of like, we need to be civil, hashtag be kind. But also when it comes to politicians, they're not human beings. Yeah, They absolutely are. They don't have to do that job. They get paid a shit ton of money, a lot more than other people do. But the notion that because they're a public representative, they have to put up with having bags of shit thrown at them. It's just disgusting. It's really depressing. It puts women off, especially getting into politics. No man is really going to be put off by this, but loads of women are. Yeah, 100%. Okay, let's talk housing. Um, there is a report of a cool-off in housing demand uh, being predicted as prices fell in the final quarter of 2022. Yeah, we're so starved of good news that this Honestly, is nearly supposed like, to be good news, but it's not. Um, so there has been a modest fall in house prices in the final quarter of the year. So the average listed price is 309941 which represents a 0.4%. <laughs> fall from the previous quarter and also 16% below the Celtic Tiger peak. So there was a 6.1% rise in prices during 2022 overall, which is down from 8.1% rise. So do not get this twisted. Yeah. Prices are not falling. No. They're just not rising at the same rate. Yeah. So... Obviously, they said, you know, there was con continuation of upward pressure on 2020, 2021, because house building stopped during COVID-19. And there's been a moderate, it's, again, not a fall in house prices, a fall in the increase of house prices. It's not good news. It's just because we're so starved of good news. We will see a cool off. We've talked about this before, about how, like, cost of living and mortgage interest rates getting higher because of inflation might put some people off. But at the end of the day... We're not building enough houses, private or social or otherwise, and houses are always going to be expensive until we get that under control. Yeah. And average house prices in Q4 for 2022 in Dublin, 425560 So still, if you're in the capital, it's still... So you need about... Let's, so it's 425000 and then you need a couple of grand then for stamp duty and solicitor's fees. So what they're saying is knocking on just your deposit, you need 50 grand. Yeah. Do you have 50 grand? 
I do not have 50 yeah, grand, sadly. Um, okay, now, this is wild. I've seen a lot of discourse around this this week. Um, <clears throat> Russia is blaming a deadly missile attack on the soldiers' use of mobile phones. And I have seen that apparently mobile phones are becoming an issue because of, like, inexperienced soldiers. Yeah, you when look, I first your, saw your this, face when I first never saw this, so skeptical. Yeah, when I first saw this, I was like, you know, a bad workman blames these tools kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there was a, a Russian soldiers were killed by a Ukrainian rocket attack in the facility where they were stationed. The Russian military said it's brought their death toll up to 89. And they said it was unauthorized use by Russian soldiers of their mobile phones. So would also like to point out that a lot of these soldiers are 18 and 19 year old boys who were conscripted into the Russian army and have no reason or want to be there. Um, so they said uh, because of the signal that their phones were given off, that they were the Ukrainian forces were able to determine the coordinates of the location of the military personnel in the streak in eastern Donetsk. Um, you could argue that if you weren't in Donetsk, nothing would have happened. Um, so they said, oh, I really hated this. This is so ominous. The is Russian it Donetsk. 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 So. No. Um, he Donetsk said, sounds like someone you work with down in like cost cutter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, Not to I, make light of literal I, war. I find this but really ominous. The Russian general said, measures are being taken to prevent similar tragic incidents in the future and promise to punish officials responsible for the failure. I do not like the sound of that. No. Um, so yeah, it has one of the deadliest that the Kremlin have suffered. Um, and it happened one minute into the new year. Um, so they fired six rockets from a US provided launch system um, and where the soldiers were stationed. But as you said, there's kind of an ongoing issue with what they're saying is mobile phones. I just don't believe anything that the Russians put out. Well, okay, there's actually a New York Times article just today about this. Um, mm-hmm. And um, they say that it's also causing problems apparently for, for Ukrainians. Ukrainians. Yeah. Um, and they say that basically, they even though there's a total ban for these reasons, it says now almost a year later and despite a ban on personal cell phones... Russian soldiers in the war zone are still using them to call wives, girlfriends, parents and each other and still exposing themselves to Ukrainian attacks. Yeah, so then um, I'm just looking at what the MOD in Britain said and they said the Russian military has a record of unsafe ammunition storage from well before the current war, but this incident highlights how unprofessional practices contribute to Russia's high casualty rate. Yeah. God, it's so grim. It's so grim because like you nearly be like, well, the Ukrainians, you know, they were successful in their targeted attack, but a lot of the people who died are Russian boys and men who don't want to be there in the first place, and they are dying for Putin's ego trip. It's ridiculous. It's so depressing. Well, I'm very sorry, friends, that we didn't have better news for you this first week of 2023, but we don't control the news. Next week, I will endeavor to find a nice story for us to end on. Yeah, we'll find something good. And in the meantime, thank you so much, Eva Moore, political correspondent, The Sunday Times Ireland. You may know May Kay as the lead singer of Fight Like Apes, or maybe the presenter of other voices, or just from being an all-around, like, extremely cool gal. I've been obsessed with her since my early 20s, when I thought she was the epitome of cool. Um, And uh, following her social media, I saw that she went to Palestine last year, and since then, she's been posting really passionately in support of the people of Palestine. So I thought it would be interesting to chat with her about her experience there, what brought her there, and why she is so diligent in spreading the word about what is happening there. 
First, though, we talked about the Five Like Apes reunion gigs she's rehearsing for at the moment. So we were just talking and you mentioned that your voice is a little bit hoarse because you've been back <laughs> singing Fight Like Apes songs, which is very exciting for those of us who like spent years thinking you were the coolest girl in the world. Still think you're the coolest girl in the world, but like based on you being the lead singer of Fight Like Apes. Um, so what's it like being back together again? Um, it's pretty amazing. So we've done like two rehearsals. Um which was good we started so early because we need it. Yeah. We need the rehearsals. It's so Because when funny. are the gigs? I have tickets, but I can't remember. So March 17th in the garage yeah. in London and March 24th in the Olympia. That's where I'll be. Great. Oh my God. I actually, I'm actually so excited. I don't know how, like, I, it's, I can't remember the last time I was so excited for a gig. I have to say, I'm so excited. Um, when we were going through all the songs um, and just playing, like, especially with Jamie, like, we've been basically brother and sister since we were teenagers um and there was no there was no time lost you know what I mean we played the songs again there's loads I was thinking like I kind of had to start from scratch Mm. but we were playing them for so long that you know it's all still there muscle memory kind of yeah yeah um so I think we're going to do a couple of I'd say we'll do a couple of secret shows too. Yeah. Um, in March because we can't just give me the L nod now. I will give you the nod <laughs> definitely. Um, we cannot just walk on stage at to, the Olympia. Yeah. I mean that's or in not, London. Yeah. Yeah. Neither. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's so cool. I'm gonna have to do Beyonce levels of training though. <laughs> yeah. Running up a hill belting out something global because yeah they're pretty energetic songs and energetic performances that you guys are used to giving we kept going on spotify and being like no it was never that fast was it (laughs) just like oh my god well i'm so excited and i know that there are so many people just like me who are so excited cannot wait and absolutely living for that i just know it's going to be the most joyful night it was the same as when you guys did your fight your final air quotes final gig in wheelands (laughs) i promise you we thought it was i know you did i know you did but that was like one of the best nights i ever had I just there's something about I think it's the age I was when I was listening to you guys originally and I've never stopped like never stopped I have videos of my kids dancing to fight like apes in the kitchen like we've never stopped listening but like there's something about the age that I was that's so connected to like the most joyful free times of my life that it really brings like evokes something very special in me I think and I think loads of people feel the same way so yeah yeah for me as well I mean there's so many people that I saw when we announced the show buying tickets that I was just like, I'm now I'm back in crawdaddy. Yeah. Um, with, <laughs> you know, these three people having the absolute time of my life being like the freest person yeah. on earth. So we're so lucky. I mean, we, we could have announced that show and maybe it wasn't as good a prospect. Imagine we yeah. announced that show. And it didn't sell well. That I mean, be... it was, that was never going to happen, but that would have been bad. <laughs> it would have been bad. I, I will accept that that would have been very bad. Thank you. Thank you. You'll accept that. It would have been disastrous. Anyway, I actually wasn't planning on asking you about Fight Like Apes until the end of our chat, because that's not why you're here today. Mm-hmm. And I've wanted to talk to you actually for months because I've been watching your social media content. And um, when I've seen you, it kind of never felt like the right moment to ask you about this. But you spent some time in Palestine. And since then, you have been posting so passionately about what's going on there and I I wanted to know I mean first of all what brought you there how did you end up in a situation where this has become something that you care so deeply about so I sorry do you want some water no no I'm fine it's just songs (laughs) um well I think it kind of started a bit with I've always had a um 
I've always been pro-Palestine and, yeah. and been pretty angry about what's going on over there. I think as most Irish people yeah, are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, in March this year, when the war started in Ukraine, um, I went on an aid convoy to the Polish border of Ukraine. And that was a totally different thing. But it just so happened that it kind of gave me that insight into into ways we can help and I was getting so anxious about loads of things like we all were post lockdown but seeing how places um had suffered so much more exponentially than us because Mm. of the pandemic um seeing how less equipped everybody is to look after this amount of um these amount of refugees and everything like that but the world had opened its arms and its wallets and its homes um and rightfully there's no part of me or anybody that um, I know that begrudges anybody that, but it absolutely kicked off this thing in me that was like days into that, we did that. The whole world reacted, responded. Yeah. Um, and we're 77, 70, maybe 77 uh, years into the occupation of Palestine. Mm. And we're not doing the same by a million miles. We're not doing the same. Yeah. So um, there is a gym in Cork called Ackley. Mm-hmm. And then there's a gym in Bethlehem called Ackley Palestine. And a gorgeous Irish man and some other wonderful Irish people go over and back. And this gym is in the middle of the Laji Centre in the Ida refugee camp. And they run a two week a foreign volunteer course for, not course, they run a foreign volunteer camp for two weeks um, in August. So I don't know why, I I don't know why or how I got the nerve to do it because it's not, I don't want to come across like I'm the type of person that does this all the time. Mm. I went to Ukraine because it was a really last minute thing. My cousins, Barbara, Jill and David are involved with um, uh, Chernobyl Children International and that was how that happened. And then, I just felt like I need to do this as well. So I don't, I don't, um, what I mean to say is anybody who's li- interested that wants to go and is listening, um, you can. Yeah. You weren't like especially equipped or especially trained oh, or you didn't have an international highly relations underqualified, degree. Yeah. <laughs> highly underqualified. Um, doing the application to get into the camp. I mean, it was pathetic. It was like, what, what qualifications do you have to come here? And it's basically like, I can cook. <laughs> I can carry things, I can play with the kids, I can, you know, and that's, I suppose, yeah, anybody that does want to go, you need to be very pro-Palestine. That doesn't mean you have to know everything. I learned more in those two weeks than I have my entire life about Palestine. Um, You need to be very ready to be wrong and say sorry, Mm -hmm. because there's lots of things that you might say or do and get pulled up on it and there's no room for egos in those situations. You go, yeah, "Yeah, no problem. I mean, the culture is very different there in lots of ways. The priorities are very different there. Um, And yeah, it was completely... What did you see? I mean, what were you surprised by, I suppose? Because we we all have some knowledge, I think, of of what's happening there. But what surprised you? What did you learn? What were the most significant things? I didn't realise how bad it was. Mm -hmm. Um... And it's bad in a way that surprised me. Um, first of all, when we arrived at the camp, it's all solid 
high rise buildings. Okay. It's not a field tents, of tents. Yeah. I mean, the whole, all of, you know, between the occupied West Bank and Gaza is different situations everywhere. Mm. But because this has been decades long, there have been structures built. Um, and the constant daily oppression, bullying, humiliation, <clears throat> terrorism carried out by the Israeli occupation forces and mainly the settlers on the Palestinian people. It didn't make me cry. It made me absolutely furious. Um, well, like when you're in a situation where there's little boys going to bed fully clothed in their best clothes with their shoes on because if the forces come in and take them during the night, they don't want to be embarrassed and be in their pyjamas or have no clothes on. Mm. You know, anyone that argues that this is a complicated issue doesn't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is nothing complicated about it. And people that say that, you know, the when you say like, why did we welcome white refugees so much more openly than we do brown or black refugees and people say well there's difference in culture so I have never felt closer to people and more understood or more understanding of people than I did with Palestinians yeah um they get they have the they're hospitable they're funny they're incredibly kind and generous even those of them that have so little Mm. Um, their culture and music and dance and art is incredible. Mm. Um, so yeah, it surprised me. We went to Hebron, which is El Khalil originally. Um, and the way it was the first time I saw the settlers face to face with our Palestinian friends. Right. And the settlers are, are flanked by Israeli occupation soldiers Mm. to support whatever way they treat them and I mean they throw stones at them I mean they throw buckets of urine down from the buildings onto the kids Um, there is no protection for the Palestinians there's no so the big thing is what you see all the time is the Palestinians filming things yeah posting things they're, like after a few days in me and the people I'd met on the camp I was like is anyone else feeling incredibly inadequate like they're giving us this huge insight into their situation. We're meeting all these incredible people and I'm not anyone and they do not care. They want you to go home and talk about it. Right. They really, they just feel like how this, if people knew what was happening here, they they would step in. Can I ask the people who are there, the Palestinians who are there, who are coming face to face with the settlers, why are they still there? What is it that that keeps them there? It's their land. They yeah. won't leave. Um, and this is nothing will make them leave. Yeah. If you if you had a child, if you had a father that was shot, if you had a child that had urine thrown at them and and was tear gassed once a week, and I came to you and said, "Will you sit down with that man and negotiate?" Mm. I'm pretty sure. I know what you tell me to do. Yeah. Um, and this key here is um, made out of tear gas canisters. Sorry, this is a necklace that uh, Meke is wearing. Wow. And it's made in a shop in Ida refugee camp out of tear gas canisters that are thrown onto the playground. And it's the key return. And I'm not sure if 
if everybody knows this, but it's a symbol of the Palestinian right to return. So a lot of the Palestinians, when they left in 1948 and 67, they kept the keys of their house and said that we will return here someday. Mm. And that's all you need to know. They have their keys, maybe not physically, but in their hearts, they have their keys and they're going home. And if that means not this generation, but in three generations time, that's the aim. Yeah. So it's it. I know that's really, it's dark because you kind of want to, I suppose we're lucky that we want to hear is negotiation. We want to hear, we know about the Good Friday Agreement. We know about peace treaties and, and it's just different. It's just different in Palestine. Yeah. So I think the starkest example always in these situations is the things that happen to children. And like what you've described there, you know, buckets of urine being thrown on children, kids going to bed in their best clothes. Like it's, we see the footage of of dead Palestinian children on a regular basis. It's heartbreaking. Um, how do you go over and and encounter that stuff firsthand and then come home and go back to your life? Um, you see, the thing is when you're there, it's quite normal is the wrong word. It's not chaotic in any way. Mm. Um, existence is resistance is a huge phrase of the people. Mm. Um, they go about their daily lives. Their kids go to school. You know, if there was a danger in your kid's school, you keep them home. They don't do that. Mm. <clears throat> because their existence is the resistance. It's the, the levels of resistance are so interesting. Part of their life, yeah. yeah. So it's not that I was in a in an in what we would perceive to be an active war zone and then came home, mm. started singing my little songs and <laughs> you know, um I came home with I came home knowing I need to do fundraisers, I need to talk to people. People like you mm. ask me to do this, which mm. means so much to me and makes a big difference. Um the Ukraine situation was different. Mm. When I came back from that, I was all over the place. Yeah. Um, but with Palestine, it was like, okay, I'm in now and I'm, I know what I can do. Yeah. I know what I can't do as well. Yeah. But they're so, because they're in this for so long, the rules are kind of clear and the, right. the plan is kind of clear. And right. the, when I say plan, I mean, I mean the way that, you know, when they, when we were leaving and they said, you know, don't interpret our story, tell people what we told you yeah. because they are so sick of people who think that they know better than them interpreting yeah. the situation. So in that sense, I, I'm so grateful to them in Laji Centre for making going home so easy. Yeah. Um, and what do you, what is the main thing that those people want us to know? It's, it is, Israel is an apartheid state. Um, they are like trying to wipe out the occupied West Bank and Gaza and the rest of Palestinian people. Um, The international community has to step in. Palestine won't survive Mm. if they don't. And they will die defending their homes, which Mm. is the same for any of us. Their right to resist is real. And we have all, we recognise the Irish people's right to resist in occupation. We recognise Ukraine's right to resist um, and we have to recognise Palestinians' right to resist and not let people convince us or tell us that it's terrorism. Yeah. Um, if you have a child that on a daily basis is in danger of being attacked or killed, you'll 
help the child to defend themselves. Mm. That's resistance. That's not, um, that's not offensive maneuvers. That's not attacking. That's not terrorism. Yeah. That's protecting your children. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if anybody ever did want to go, um, there are camps you can go to. I think going on your, I, I mean, I would say anybody go anytime you can, but if you want to learn more about it and, and be involved and help, um, to look up the Laji Centre and, and go on one of those international um, summer camps. Yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, it's so much to take in, but I suppose, it, like, when you think about it, there are, I mean, I think people would say there are so many atrocities in the world. Um, and I think people sometimes feel like they're drowning in it and they don't know what to do. Where do you start? Like, what do you do? But I think this one is actually quite easy for people, as I said at the start, for Irish people to connect to, because obviously we were occupied um, and we had to fight and resist. Um, and, you know, if going and learning and coming back and telling the story will help then it makes sense that people would do that fundraising obviously you mentioned is important too so mm -hmm. where would you suggest if someone's listening now and they wanted to maybe contribute some money where would you suggest that they contribute to so the simplest way to make a positive impact and, and the thing is like you say it's overwhelming mm. it really is overwhelming and it was it's it's a relief for me to have a focus actually yeah um and again, I really want to be clear that I'm in no way an authority on this subject and I'm only speaking to what I have what seen and what I was, know. Yeah. And if anybody who has a knowledge on it wants to correct me on anything, I am, as I said, always willing to be wrong and always willing to talk about it. Um, I would donate directly to Ackley Palestine. Mm -hmm. So if you look up Ackley Palestine on Instagram, there is a GoFundMe there. We spell that for us. Yep, A-C-L-A-I, Father. Yeah. Um, P-A-L-E-S-T-I-N-E. Um, and that, and I can assure you that that money goes directly to, um, funding this absolute beacon of, uh, light, education, joy, um, for incredibly vulnerable and incredibly brilliant young people in mm. Bethlehem. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing this with us. Um, I think it's, you know, it's been really interesting to see, you on this journey <laughs> sorry for saying journey um and um I know that there are lots of people who I'm sure would be interested in, in doing something similar or getting involved because you know it's when you see something wrong really we should be doing something about it yep thank you so much May Kay. thank you so much Louise one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Now it's time to get to the entertainment news from Miley and Dolly's New Year's party, which I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed, to the death of an icon and the one person who does not talk trash about the Kardashians. Kean Sullivan, it is an absolute delight to have you back on the podcast. Of course, we know you from your many appearances here and yes. also your own podcast, Sissy That Pod, mm-hmm. and of course the other work that you do. I loved, I was reading like a once to watch thing this oh, Christmas yeah. Yeah, about yeah. Hannah Mamelis. I know, I saw And they that. used, yeah, your... Clank. Yeah, they used Clank. Delighted. Can you clank your show in the fringe yeah. as their like touch point for her, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, it was lovely. So yeah, hopefully uh, we get to do clank to clank again this yeah. this year. I but hope yeah, so because I missed it. Yeah. I, I, I want to see it. And um, well, it's great to have you here. We've got a lot to talk about, mm-hmm. um, and we're actually going to start with something that isn't super fresh, um, but we still felt like it was worth talking about because obviously we haven't done this slot in a timely fashion for the last two weeks, and that is the absolutely delicious delicious retribution that Andrew Tate received at the hands of Greta Thur- Thunberg. Yeah. So Thunberg? Thunberg. Yeah, sorry. Or Sharon, as she was known by that woman who was on Master- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mastermind. Uh, so a quick recap on Andrew Tate. He's an MMA fighter originally. He was on, like, my entry point to him was when he was on Big Brother mm. in 2016. He was in the Channel 5 season when they had that double house twist. And then, like, totally forgot about him. Since then, he's been growing this large misogynistic social media following by Mm. sort of um, kind of coming up with these controversial topics, jumping in on top of these big uh, Me Too topics and stuff like that, spreading controversial rhetoric that's very misogynistic and anti-woman. He built a multi-million network, or multi-million dollar network on basically webcams, a webcam network. And then he set up his own sort of university in quotation marks called Hustlers University. Yes. We'll pause for the cringe glands there mm-hmm. to adapt to, to, to that one. Which was basically like how he taught young men how to drop ship and in cryptocurrency and stuff like that. Um I suppose we should also put out a, a trigger warning for this topic as well because it is, it will get quite yeah, it's dark. Pretty dark. Yeah. Um so anyway, earlier on in twenty twenty two a lot of his content started getting spread on TikTok and Instagram and it got a huge following. I think The Guardian reported on it that he got over 18 billion views on his content. Yeah. And people are speculating that it's because in this Hustlers University, the students were encouraged to spread his content far and wide and that's that's and they were using ways of gaming the algorithms to get his content out there because it wasn't just coming from his page. It's pretty genius, to be mm-hmm. honest. It is. Like, you know, recruit a, a whole drive or drove of my brain apparently not working this morning, turnate them into your way of thinking and then get them to go out and spread the bad word of your, your beliefs. Um, it was very effective. Yeah, and I don't know what the actual incentivization in the university was, but people think it was some sort of pyramid scheme that if yeah. you incentivize more people to join, you'd be, you'd get some benefit for it. I'm not really yeah. sure what it was. So anyway, after his rise to prominence in 2022, he... Uh, began getting banned from a lot of the social media sites, Twitter, Instagram, etc. He his house got raided. He lives in, in um, Romania, following a report from the U.S. embassy that there was a woman kept there against her will, uh, and he's been sort of under investigation ever since. And since 
Elon Musk acquisition of Twitter, he reinstated his Twitter page. He tweeted Greta Thunberg to say, hey, I've got 33 cars. Can you send me your email address and I'll list off how many emissions I have cumulatively? Why? Like, yeah, know. why? why? Uh, to which Greta Thunberg responded, yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at smalldickenergyagetalife.com, which became <laughs> the fourth most liked tweet on history. Which is just... <laughs> Stunning. I know. Like, how old is she? She's such. She's such a great Ugh. mind for the online Honestly, world. Honestly, yeah. Like, you can't play a teenager at the internet. Like, yeah, it's absolutely it's not, not going to work. <laughs> That's why his idea was so good in the first place, and he got played by his own yeah. game. I guess. Yeah. Three point nine million likes, to which he felt, um, you know, compelled to respond to her using this video of him smoking a cigar, wearing a sort of like luxury dressing gown being fed pizza by somebody off camera. Um, and that was posted on the 29th of December. And then on the 30th of December, he was arrested. Him and his brother and two others were arrested um, under allegations of forming an organized crime unit, which is keeping women against their will to perform in sexual videos for sale online. The authorities think there's up to six victims that they've identified already. So it's a really, really heinous charges. And yeah. It's a really, really grim situation. There was some sort of like glee online that people were thinking that the reason that the police caught him so on the 30th was because his pizza boxes gave away where he was. That has actually subsequently been debunked because he had been previously posting a picture of like the landscape near his house and he, right. he'd also already been raided earlier in the year. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's in jail. He's going to be remaining in jail for the next 30 days at least. He's going to try to appeal it, but hopefully this will be... Finally, the straw that breaks the camel's back that yeah. gets everyone to stop talking about him. I think that the trouble with this situation is that we all knew this before. You know, we knew it was it was public knowledge, really, that that there was a situation. You know, it had been suggested that there was some sort of human trafficking style mm. thing happening there. He had said in an interview that one of the reasons he lived in Romania was because it was harder to get prosecuted for kind of sexual crimes. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there was no secret about this. Yeah. So it's just so strange to me. Like, I, I, I feel like the people who follow him and who love him won't actually have their mind changed by this. No. Which is so, like, almost unspeakably dark that, like, there are young men out there who aren't phased by the idea of this carry on. I mean, carry on is putting it lightly. Like, it's, yeah. it's wild. Well, um, he kind of feeds in this, this aspiring lifestyle. He kind yeah. of, he hears some of his content, he talks down to them and says you're worthless you're nothing if you don't have as much money as i do and basically making men feel bad and then on the back of it selling, selling them, them his own content oh it sounds like the beauty industry for women <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just there saying of which i am a part i mean uh, like it, but yeah yeah it's it's dark stuff but yes i mean i would love if that was the last we saw of andrew but Tate. i think this is a good opportunity i think to if there's people there with teenation about andrew tate and and do they know him? Do they like him? Because if they do, they probably follow other people who are less popular who yeah. spout similar things. Because he's reportedly one of the most emulated uh, celebrities in classrooms in the UK yeah. amongst men. So, 
Well, you're dead right. That's a good point. Um, okay, let's move on to something much more fun. Uh, Miley Cyrus's New Year's Eve party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I absolutely devoured every clip I could the morning after because, of course, her co-host was my personal hero, Dolly Parton. And there were so many cool little pop-up appearances during it as well. I just thought it was brilliant and fun. Yeah, she had done it last year with, with Pete Davison. Yeah. Uh, so she was back again on NBC to do Miley's New Year's Eve party. Um, the kind of the, the clip I saw the most was just leading up to New Year's Eve when Dolly joined her to do the sort of medley of Wrecking Ball into I Will Always Love You. It was a really like nice moment. And yeah. Hugging and embracing and stuff like that. I think Yeah, because of course Dolly is Miley's godmother. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say people I think often forget that or, or maybe just never clocked it originally. But yeah, they also did a duet of Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll at the start. Mm. They did a Jolene kind of towards the end Sia came out Sia Miley and uh, sang Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton Sia's a bit weird isn't she she got some yeah she is a bit strange isn't she and there was some controversy along or about her movie that was out was it no, yeah. a smile yeah, about yeah, autism yeah. and stuff like that did not go down well no it didn't yeah. go down well and she didn't take the criticism no, well she either. did not yeah I think I've decided that she's odd, an oddball and I think there are some people who'd be like yes Louise like she wears a wig that covers her face of course she's odd but I actually understood that and yeah. respected that like I thought that made sense and she's clearly like an unbelievably gifted songwriter but yeah it was a bit strange I think Paris coming out was a highlight for me in addition to the Dolly Parton content. Absolutely. I didn't know that she had re-released Stars Are Blind, the Paris' version. Well, it's very interesting. Now, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, mm. obviously, but there is this Australian TikToker called Peach, P-O-R-C, I think is her, her username, but Peach anyway, and she's a musician. She's a, a pop pop music artist. Mm-hmm. And like she, ha- her music is really good. And she was writing earlier in the year with like, you know, I can't remember her name, but this like massive songwriter who works with Katy Perry. Like she's she's on the road mm. to, she plays festivals in Australia and stuff. And she recently has been teasing her new song, which is like an interpolation of Stars Are Blind. So Paris gave permission for her to use it. And it's really good. Okay, She uses a bit of Stars Are Blind and then moves into like her own, makes it into her own yeah. song. And it's genuinely really good. And so she's been teasing this and Paris shared it. And then all of a sudden there's this, Paris is re-releasing Stars Are Blind and blah 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 and I just can't help but wonder if there's a connection like if Paris heard this amazing cool song that Mm. this young hot pop star is making and was like oh maybe I should do something with Stars Are Blind or if you know it could just be a coincidence that the two things are happening at the same time well I think Paris has been on the on the up recently in terms of her social credit. She had that documentary, she had Cooking yeah. in Paris, which I saw was recently cancelled. Oh, and <laughs> um, also in Promising Young Woman, that movie, they sing Stars Are Blind in, in the store. So I think like, I think that has been kind of... A growing... Growing, yeah, you know, nostalgia thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say that, that, you know, it could, you see, it could be big on TikTok as well, which is yeah. why Peach is interpreting it too. So I don't know. But yeah. the, I'd say, I'd say that there isn't a direct correlation, but there's definitely some... Some coincidence. Something's happening. Yeah, something's, something's popping Something's off. rumbling in the Stars Are Blind universe. I also wonder, does she not delighted. own the, li- the rights of it if she's releasing Paris's version? Yeah, I wondered that as well. Must be. Yeah, must, it must be. be. Anyway, it's a banger, so I mean, is a delighted. Unfortunately, you can only currently listen to it on Amazon Music, which is... I know. I mean, who has Amazon I don't know. Music? <laughs> Unless you have an Alexa. Yeah, well, I do have an Alexa, but I think you still have to subscribe to Amazon Music, oh, don't really? you? I don't oh, know. Maybe. I'll try it after this. I'll go upstairs. The Alexa's upstairs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we're, mo- we're mostly a Google household. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> now, 
Last time I was here, Words we were discussing no James Corden too. Oh God, he's so universally kind of uh, disliked at this stage. But he did an interview with Drew Barrymore, um, who obviously has her own talk show, and mm. talked about leaving the Late Late Show and why he's doing it. Yeah, so he said this decision was very easy. That he always knew it was going to be an adventure, not the final destination. And he spoke in this very sincere way to Drew Barrymore about feeling like he's disappointing his kids he's running out of time with his son max and that it's time for him to you know hang up the late late show and move down back to the uk and put down roots etc etc do you read blind items yeah i so blind items are basically gossip Mm. items who knows if they're true or not Mm. there's a blind item that he'll be replacing graham norton what in the uk no and i think <gasps> no that this is actually just a step for him to move back to the uk so he can further his career there no one wants that no <laughs> one wants that i guess graham i guess graham will only step down when he's ready to retire yeah so they will leave a big void in the bbc for a chat show and i think they're eyeing up james Corden. <laughs> Allegedly, no, speculation, who knows? that is not like for like. Oh, I really hope that's wrong. I hope Ugh. it's wrong too, but I don't but know. But he must have something in the works. Like, you're I not going to so. get rid of that massive show. Um, although, I mean, well, it must be massive. But, you know, you're not going to get rid of that massive... As in James, uh, the Late Late Show or the yeah, Great Norton Show? Yeah, the Late show? Late Show. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there must... All the stations love having their late late talk shows over there in the US, yeah. so they must have someone lined up to take over for him. Yeah, and he must have a plan. Like I you, think so. You know. I don't know if I bought the spending time with his kids. No, I don't buy that at all. I don't buy that at all because we've all heard the blind item of him ignoring his children on yeah. the plane. Um. <laughs> Allegedly. So I don't know. I, it felt like he's like, oh, I'm going to spend some more time with my kids. Give it six months, and he'll have it over. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's he's. I mean, because I know him so well, I can say. That I don't think he's the type to like be mm. like, oh, I'm going to take a step back from my career so I can spend time with my kids. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a bad dad, but like you can have a career and kids at the same time. Because in his example, he was doing the Late Late Show, but he couldn't spend time with his kids because he was also filming a movie. Right. So, so you could also just film movies. movies. That's yeah. what the internet wants anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, well, we'll watch with interest. I really hope that blind item is wrong, though. I need Graham Norton to stay on TV forever. Like, yeah, never, yeah. ever yeah. stop We Graham. will prop him up as a 90-year-old corpse. Oh, and let him flip we'll people a, in the big red chair. 100%. <laughs> um, okay, now, unfortunately, the, there was uh, another... I feel like we've had such a spate of, like, notable deaths in recent months. Barbara Walters died, um, and... I think the thing with Barbara Walters is because I obviously was in America from when I was age seven to just about to turn 16. Like Barbara Walters was a real presence in my life growing up as a girl in America. Um, And and I wonder how much people, I think people here probably do know that she's culturally significant, but maybe even more so since her death, because obviously interview clips have been flying around Mm. the place. Yeah, what was your knowledge of Barbara Walters? <laughs> well, I also feel that there should be like a, a low-key segment on your show of who's died this week. It I seems know. like one a week, it seems to be. I it's know. almost like 2016 all over again. To be honest, I... Because, you know, kind of growing up, we got very little American media here. And it's only really now with the advent of social media that's kind of brought the two worlds together. Yeah. That I've been watching, you know, get got to know more of what her presence was. If you had asked me to... Say, tell you the difference between Diane Sawyer, Katie Couric and Barbara Walters, I'd probably struggle, to be right. honest. I just know that they're these female powerhouses, anchors yeah. of the US. 
Uh, but I was doing some research ahead of this and um, looking at some of her, her best moments. You know, she spearheaded The View, which went on to inspire shows like Loose Women and, mm-hmm. and other platforms around the world, which is, I think, is, is an amazing sort of door to open for women across the world. Yeah. Um, she was the first per- person on US TV to sit down with a baby who had AIDS, which I think is really important yeah. to destigmatize uh, the, the disease. I was one of the first women in America to do interview with a trans kid as well, which I think is really important. Yeah. So yeah, like it turns out she, like other than like TV staples like 2020 and the Today Show, like I guess I knew of all these things. I just didn't know that she was the one behind them all. Kind yeah, of. she was a real trailblazer, like a real trailblazer. And when, when she was finishing on The View, there's this episode where Oprah came out and kind mm. of took her place as host and did a tribute to her. And she called out, I think it's like 20 different female news anchors who came after Barbara mm. who attribute their success to the to the kind of ground that was laid by her you know she really is a, an important figure in terms of you know making women believe that they could have careers mm. like hers she also has just done so many iconic celeb interviews like nobody yeah. gets away with anything with Barbara Walters like you know she doesn't but I but equally I don't think she's like overly harsh generally and yeah, exactly. she seems to be fair tried to balance out by watching some clips there's one clip of like Barbara Waters being a horrible person for 15 minutes YouTube yeah. video and like there were things like you know asking Barbara Streisand why she didn't change her nose or mm. you know kind of needling Courtney Cox as to why she thought she was responsible for Kurt Cobain's suicide like there were some things that I think don't age that well today but I think they're also the product of the time that they were recorded in I think and everyone was doing yeah, them yeah not Courtney Courtney Cox Courtney Love Courtney Love yeah. <laughs> no link between Courtney, Courtney Cox and Kirk well, Cobain suicide that we, we know of that we know of um, anyway rest in peace Barbara Walters certainly yeah. um, she was a significant person for me growing up um, and uh, yeah I just have no, have massive respect for her. Then finally, Lamar Odom has been around the place. Lamar Odom, obviously, former husband of Khloe Kardashian. Um, and he's done a big interview. And I, the thing I always like about Lamar Odom is that he doesn't talk trash about the Kardashians. Mm, he seems like a pretty straight up guy. Like that he, you know, uh, in the interviews I saw from him, I think they were extracts from this show, Sex, Drugs and the Kardashians. He seems incredibly upfront and honest about kind of his experience. I was there. I was long for the ride. It would give me some sort of clout. Chris Jenner was my manager. And kind of the, the only reason, quote, that it fell apart was because of his coke addiction and his overdose in 2015. Mm. Uh, or sorry, overdose, which led to the divorce. Um, but yeah, like he seems to like not want to shit on anybody. He was saying on Celebrity Big Brother when he was on there earlier in 2022 that he missed his ex-wife. So he seems... He seems like a very kind of down to earth and, and, you know, no, no mess guy. I think that's the tragedy of Lamar. Like, you know, anybody who watches the Kardashians and their spinoff show, Chloe and Lamar and all the the rest, as I obviously devour all of them. Um, Like he always seemed like a really nice, decent guy. And he's never shown himself to not be a nice, decent guy in terms of the way that he talks about them or whatever. He just obviously has serious mental health problems and Mm. you know a real issue with addiction and you know I think if he had anything bad to say about them it would be such a bad look because they were separated for I think years before his overdose happened where he nearly Mm. died and the whole family like flew to be with him and stand by him and got him the best possible care and the best possible rehabilitation after that when he had to learn how to live again essentially and so I just wanted to give him a little shout out and say fair play Lamar. Would he be your favorite Kardashian ex? 
That is such a good question. Um, Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, I have a weird soft spot for Scott Disick, who is so toxic. Like, I mean, so awful and problematic and toxic. And like, if you looked up a clip of him on YouTube for 15 minutes doing awful things, it would be... I mean, 15 minutes would not be, wouldn't scratch the surface. You know what I mean? And yet I, I still have such a soft spot for him. But yeah, I think, I think Lamar is probably actually the best one. I'll need to go away and think about that. I think some more. I think, yeah, there's, there's a reel in that. There Let is. Me see. There sure is. Um, Kian Sullivan, thank you so much for bringing your expertise and no knowledge problem. to us. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Now it is just about time for me to go, but before I do, I actually have some recommendations. Can you believe it? Yes, that's right. I consumed some stuff. Man, December was so nuts. I just didn't, I, I had nothing to give you, but fortunately that has changed. Um, so some things I really enjoyed watching over the festive period. First of all, I Hate Susie 2. This is the second series of the program, I Hate Susie, which is um. Billy Piper is the star of it. It's written by Lucy Preble, who is just an absolutely amazing TV writer. She's written for Succession. And this is a project that herself and Billy worked on together. Um, I mean, first of all, Billy Piper is amazing. Like, like she is such an incredible actor. And I don't think she gets enough credit because she is spectacular in this. If you haven't seen the first series, definitely go back and watch it. Um, it's brilliant. But this second series was particularly powerful. I think it's three episodes. It is some of the most intense TV watching I've ever seen. Really good, um, you know, in terms of like identifying some... I suppose being a woman in the entertainment industry, stuff around that. Um, it's it's just brilliant. She basically plays this former child star who is, you know, very famous person who decides to go on this dance television show to kind of try and rehabilitate her image. And obviously things don't go as you might expect. It's so good. But I would say if intensity isn't something you're really feeling able for right now, maybe avoid it, put it on the long finger, but it's, it's well worth watching. It's a Sky program, so it's on Now TV or if you have Sky Gloss or, you know, sky in any capacity you'll be able to watch it another program which i am just i know i'll be the first person to mention this to you it is it does already have five seasons but i finally started watching yellowstone i don't know i had it in my head that yellowstone was like set in the wild west like in the past um but it's not it's it's not at all it's set in the current day it is set in like the wild west in theory i suppose it's set in montana in america on a ranch um and i am also on some native american reservations indigenous peoples um land and it's brilliant the acting is so good the storylines are sometimes a bit wacko like a lot happens but i am totally totally into it now and i would not have thought it would be something that i'd enjoy but i really do especially because it's it, it kind of is set around this one family, the Duttons, and the daughter, Beth Dutton, is, I mean, maybe one of my favorite female TV characters of all time. Like, I don't think that's an exaggeration. I think she's amazing and um, brilliantly played by Kelly Riley. So yeah, would definitely recommend Yellowstone. And then a film that I watched, it's on Apple TV. So if you have Apple TV, you'll be able to watch it. It's called Cha-Cha Real Smooth. It stars um, Dakota Johnson. I always go to say Dakota Fanning and that is absolutely a different person. Um, yeah, Dakota Johnson. And it is a film that was written and directed by and stars the same guy, this 25-year-old guy, which obviously you know, might make you feel slightly murderous. 
<laughs> if you're the jealous type, which I absolutely am. And um, Cooper Rafe is his name, but it is it is very charming. It's such a charming film. Um, if you like kind of indie, it's not really a comedy, but it has funny moments. Um, I would definitely recommend it. It's charming. Charming is the word that keeps coming up to me. And, um, and I feel like it's the appropriate word to use to describe it. So there you go. Those are my recommendations. Um, as I said at the start, I hope you're doing okay. If not, all you can do is put one foot in front of the other. Don't forget, you can always get in touch at 089-209-6423. That's 089-209-6423. Send us a voice note. Feedback, requests, um, arguments, all welcome there. And if you would rate, review, subscribe, follow, all that kind of crack on whatever your podcast platform is, it makes a big difference as well. Thank you so much to ACAST for having me on the network and indeed to all my contributors. I will talk to you next Friday. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.